Damo, it is less than two weeks until our brand new event, the Wellness Base Camp, hits Adelaide. Oh, I can't wait, MP. Oh, Damo, we can't wait to have you in Adelaide. The Brisbane Base Camp was a sellout. The feedback from attendees was inspiring. Christine said, keep up the incredible work and energy. You make me feel so, so good. And Kira said, I loved all the speakers and the vibe in the room. So many aha moments. And Lauren said, no matter how many times I hear each of these people speak, I learn new things always and have action steps to take away. Can't wait to have you there, great man. The rock star of wellness is joining Kim Morrison, JP and Andy from Smashed Avocado, Brett Hill and myself at the Wellness Base Camp Saturday, April 7th at the Arca Bar in Adelaide. Two for one tickets available with the code COUNTDOWN at www.thewellnessbasecamp.com on Eventbrite or search for The Wellness Base Camp Adelaide on Facebook. That code again is COUNTDOWN with tickets available at thewellnessbasecamp.com on Eventbrite or by typing The Wellness Base Camp Adelaide in Facebook. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Exception with your host, Rachel Favilla. Hello, lovely ones, and welcome to The Healthy Exception, the podcast for teenagers choosing to be the healthy exception to the unhealthy rule. I'm your host, Rachel Favilla. And thank you so much for trusting me with your time and your ears today and for tuning in. And today on the show, we're talking all about vegetarian and vegan diets. And I've got an awesome nutritionist from Melbourne, um, Ellie McLean, with me. She is a nutritionist uh, who's working for the natural nutritionist at the moment. That's um, If you remember last year, I interviewed Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. So Ellie works with her in Melbourne, um, specializing in metabolic efficiency, plant-based living, and real food education. So um, we wanted to have a conversation today about vegetarian and vegan diets, particularly um, for the teenage age group, because, you know, we're not, um, neither of us are against them, but we think that if as a teenager you're exploring that way of eating, that you need to be educated on how to do it properly so that you don't run into nutrition deficiencies. And also to um, have that conversation about identifying whether your body is going to suit your body at the moment, um, because there are different times in our lives where we might, and I'm not saying you have to, but you might really benefit from animal products and just sort of identifying if you might be in that position right now or whether you're healthy enough to explore a more plant-based way of eating, but in a way that you're not going to run into any deficiencies and you can be healthy and thriving and have it work work for you because that's really the only sustainable way to do it. So welcome, Ellie. Thank you so much for giving up your Saturday to chat with us. No problems. How are you, Rachel? I'm good, thank you. How are you? That's good. Yeah, very well, thanks. Excited to get stuck into this topic with you and for all the listeners out there. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, I'll just set the scene. Um, so, you know, animal products such as things like um, like the whole food, really good quality ones like grass-fed meats and organic poultry, organic eggs, um, whole like organic fermented dairy, fresh fish, that sort of stuff, they contain lots of essential nutrients. Um, What does this mean for a growing teenager that's choosing not to have them? Um, Can it be done? Can it be done? Is it okay and healthy to take these foods out um, if you do, you know, make tweaks in other places or is it sort of like a a very grey area at that age? Like is it a sensitive age to do it? Yeah, no, really good question. 
question and, and you make a good point because obviously in those foods there are some, uh, you know, incredibly bioavailable, or they are incredibly bioavailable sources of things like amino acids and iron, B12, and zinc, and fatty acids, you know, all of those things that we need to be conscious of when we're um, on a vegan or vegetarian diet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit to unpack though because for me I think um, – if you know, if a if a teenager is choosing to eliminate just some of those foods, then obviously there's far less for them to be conscious of. You mm. know, if they're if they're just removing red meat, for example, then they haven't got as much making up to do. But if they're going to be going the all, you know, the whole way and removing all animal-based products and only eating a whole food, plant-based diet, then certainly there are things that they they need to consider, and um, you know, there's work they need to do with their diet. Mm. The first thing that I always think about, um, or think that's re- think is really important when it comes to teens that are looking to either partially remove these foods or foods from their diet, is to understand precisely why they're doing it um Mm. you know a lot of people remove these foods for the sake of the environment or for the sake of food sustainability or their own health um or because they feel for the, the health of the animals but i think we're seeing this emergence of people who are choosing to remove these foods from their diet um as just you know a restrictive weight loss protocol or another form of eating disorder um, or because it's, you know, it's, you know, seen as being popular at the moment. Um, And so people need to, I guess, be making, making the decision to remove these foods for the right reasons. And I say that because if somebody's got an, an unhealthy relationship with food and is therefore removing these food items as part of a restrictive diet, then they're the people who are going to be most susceptible to any sorts of deficiencies if they if they do end up removing these foods from their diet because they've already got an unhealthy relationship with, with food. Mm. Um, going back to teenagers in particular, um, like you said, obviously, going through puberty, it's really important that we're focusing on supporting overall energy needs, we're focusing on iron levels, particularly in females, um, mm. and also making sure that, you know, um, hormone production is, is maintained at the right rate. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a period of period of high nutrient demand. Um, you know, but that I means... All teenagers need to be conscious of what they're eating, not just vegans or vegetarians. Oh, of course. Um, I think it's just that I guess there's even less wiggle room for them because, um, you know, like oh, like anyone obviously on a standard Australian diet with all the refined foods, it's not doing them that well. But if they're having like meat and stuff that at least, like you said, has the bioavailable B12 and iron and stuff, it's still like not going to be ideal, but I suppose they're less at risk of getting really sick as opposed to someone that's just, you know, eating maybe white bread and potato, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. agree with that point. Mm. If so, so if somebody is removing those foods from their diet, then there are a couple of key things to people for people to consider. You know, if there's people out there listening who are like, you know, I'm thinking about removing these foods, um, what should be my, my next steps or mm-hmm. what do I need to think about? You know, the first thing is for those people is to start off by getting blood tests. Um, you know, I'm sh- I know that some people are a little bit scared about getting blood tests, um, but I can't, you know, I can't overstate the importance of getting blood tests right from the get-go. Um, mm. 
usually won't work with vegans or vegetarians unless they've got um, got blood tests there for us to work with in the early stages. Um, and also making sure that you're getting blood tests uh, done regularly. So, you know, ideally every six to 12 months so that we can be aware of any deficiencies to begin with and therefore identify whether or not being vegan or vegetarian is actually ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also being able to pick up on changes that take place um, over a period of time. Um, mm. And at least then if we pick up on changes, you know, you might not be in a point at a state of deficiency, but if we can see that things are not moving in the right direction, um, then we can make some educated decisions about supplements, diet, um, and, you know, make sure this person is going to, is going to be healthy. In, in terms of blood tests, some key things to look out for um, or key things to get done or to ask your doctor for is obviously a complete blood count, which is pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to get done is iron studies, so looking at both iron and ferritin. Um, B12 is a key one, vitamin D, zinc, iodine. Um, those, are the, those are the key ones for yeah. somebody looking to to go onto a vegan or vegetarian protocol. Beautiful. And um, what's your experience? Like you've, you know, a teenager went to their GP are they, and they said, look, I'm thinking of going vegan or I think I'm thinking of going vegetarian and I just want to um, shake my nutrition status. Are they pretty open to doing those tests if there's that reason there in front of them? Like is there much resistance or do you have to go a bit doctor hopping <laughs> to do that? <laughs> um, I, I guess it does depend on the doctor. We do, we do know that. Um, you know, usually outside of a complete blood count, you've got to give a bit of an explanation as to why you're getting the tests done. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, it hasn't been too much of an issue if you say that you're going on to a vegan or, ve- or um, vegetarian protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it does depend on the GP. I don't mm-hmm. know what your experience has been like. Um, yeah. <laughs> but usually you, usually if there's a valid reason for needing to get the tests done, um, then then the doctor will, will okay that. All right, beautiful, good one. Um, there, just a yeah. couple of other things on that. Um, you know, aside from getting the blood tests done, I think if people are removing those foods from their diet, then obviously, as, as you were alluding to before, um, you can't just remove them from your diet and then not make any considerations for what you are going to, to bring into your diet to make mm-hmm. up for the, the loss of those things. Um, you know, a, an old lecturer of mine in one of my sort of you know, back in the day <laughs> referred to these pe- referred to these people as starchitarians. You know, people that yes. remove animal animal proteins from their diet, but then continue to eat you know from the bottom of the food pre- food pyramids. So mm. you know, your potatoes, your rice, your bread, your pasta, um, and I see that a lot in people that are. Uh, vegan and vegetarian, you know, they just go on this sort of carbohydrate-based diet and they're opening themselves up to huge risk for deficiency. And um, so, you know, if you are going to remove these foods, you you just need to be considerate of, of what else you're going to eat in their place. And I guess that's when the principles of JERF still, still really should be kept front of mind, mm. you know. Just eating real food, that's really key for people, even if they're vegan or vegetarian. You know, you can't just rely on eating from the bottom of the food pyramid um, mm. or eating packaged mock products, you know, mock meat products like yes. vegan cheese and corn. Absolutely. Um, I think that's another, 
We should yeah, get we should get into that a bit later, I think, and actually explore that. Because I think honestly, like um, I recently just joined on Facebook because um, I've um, hesitantly actually become a vegan myself after like my whole life not being it because of gallbladder um, problems, and it seems to be like from what I've could, like experimenting with my own body, um, it seems to be like the gold standard of keeping gallbladder attacks away. Um, so I've, you know, started, you know, joining a few vegan groups on Facebook just to sort of just, to, you know, just cause then you can go, oh, where's a good place to eat or where do you find such and such? And people have already nutted that out for you. Um, but yeah, like I had a little perv in the group the other day and, you know, people are like, oh, found these great, you know, soy sausages at Coles. Don't know if they taste good, but hopefully oh. look, and I'm just like, you're like really do you need to eat that and so that I think actually let's just do that now um can we just talk about those things because I think some people would probably go but they're healthy they're they're advertised as low fat low cholesterol they don't have meat in them um so can we just have a discussion about why I mean I'm sure my listeners have listened to the real food episodes and a lot of them Mm. are getting into that jerk thing but if they're new to maybe this is the first podcast they're listening to why would we want to avoid all the vegan replacement foods such as the sausages and the burger patties and the cheeses that aren't cheese and that sort of stuff yeah i mean i think it just comes down to that that good old principle of jerk just eating real food and um you know we'll spend a lot educating you know the vast majority of people on the the um, importance of just eating real food and and just because you're vegan or vegetarian and think you're eating a lot of vegetables you know, you can't think that you're an exception to the rule and that you can continue to eat these um, packaged processed products. And that ultimately is what it comes down to. You know, these foods are um, a process to the nth degree to get them to a point where they, um, you know, they look a certain way, they form a certain way, they feel a certain way, um, just so that you know, you can feel like you're eating a sausage, for example. Mm. Um, you know, they've got preservatives in them. You just you just don't know what's in there. No, um, at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I guess at the end of the day, that's the, that's the point, you know. They've, they've got numbers in the ingredients list as opposed to mm. words and food. Um, yeah. So that's, that's why I would say to avoid those products, you know. Absolutely. And I guess to... Maybe, uh, I don't know, but like if, if you really are dead set for whatever reason, be it because of, you know, animal welfare or health or um, the planet or whatever reason it is, if you want to remove certain foods from your diet, maybe accepting that there are some foods you have to leave behind. Um, like, that, you know, and then if you are not willing to do that, then you really have to go, well, what's more important to me, With you know, and do that pros, cons list. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I have that conversation with clients because – Ultimately, being vegan or quite a strict vegetarian, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's it's not just a diet. It is a lifestyle. You have to be willing to put some time aside to prepare food or to know how to order food when you're out and about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's got to be a sustainable lifestyle. So that's why it's also um, important to have that, that conversation with people about yeah, just what it's going to take to um, to maintain a vegan lifestyle mm. diet. Absolutely. So, getting into um, what are what are as from clinical experience, what are the um, the main nutrients that are missing in most vegetarian vegan diets, unless they're well planned, and what 
um, sources, vegetarian or vegan sources of like foods, um, can you get these things from? So things like your B12 and your iron and anything else you think of? Yeah, for sure. Um, so some key things to be, I guess we can look at it in two ways. There's, um, there's things that I think vegans and vegetarians definitely need to be supplementing because they can't be obtained from the diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other things that, uh, you know, I think um, there's a few misconceptions around what, what vegans and vegetarians are lacking in their diet. Yeah. So we can touch firstly on the, the supplements that people should be looking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like like I said before, blood tests are really important because from blood tests you can understand precisely what an individual requires and I prefer to use those to determine what supplements are required. But I think, you know, ve- especially vegans, they're a little bit of an exception to the rule. And so B12 supplements are pretty much a non-negotiable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, B12 is really crucial for um a lot of things, energy production, nervous system function, homocysteine metabolism and DNA synthesis. Um, long story short to the people listening, you, you don't want to be getting old without having enough B12. Yeah. Um, but you, you you can't consume B12 in a vegan or vegetarian diet. So um, um, that's what about, why I, Sorry, what about spirulina? Is that an exception to a rule if you're willing to do that? Because I know that is very high in B12. I still don't um, – I don't no, – I personally no? don't see it as being an exception. I still would prefer to know that somebody's on a B12 supplement. Okay. I'm not, not convinced on spirulina. No, that's fine. I just thought I'd um, ask because I, I know it is quite high. So, yeah, no, that's good. Okay. Mm. Um, and then omega-3s is the other one, um, mm. which I think is key for vegans and vegetarians to be on. Um, obviously really important for um, heart health and for brain health. Um, Omega-3s are, as you know, essential fatty acids, which means we must consume them in our diet. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you also know, there are three different omega-3s. So we've got ALAs, which we can consume in a vegan or vegetarian diet, so a great source of those are chia seeds or walnuts. But then we've got the long-chain omega-3s, so EPA and DHA, and they can't be obtained from a plant-based diet. So the body is pretty, the body's pretty clever. It, it can convert ALA into EPA and DHA, but mm-hmm. the process is relatively inefficient, um, which is why I would usually put clients on um, an EPA and DHA omega-3 supplement. Yeah. Um, there are algae-derived um, supplements that you can get if you're a strict vegan or if you're vegetarian, you can um, just get a regular supplement. Beautiful. That was actually going to be my question. Thir- oh, the, third one, the third one that I would say is vitamin D, mm-hmm. um, especially for vegans that live in places like sunny old Melbourne or not so sunny Melbourne. <laughs> Yeah, um, and that's an interesting one because we can synthesize vitamin, vitamin D, D in the skin. Obviously, essential for calcium absorption, which needs to be maximized on a vegan protocol, energy production, metabolic health, and cardiovascular function. Um, and it, it, is, it essentially can't be obtained from a, a vegan diet. So, unless you're 
out and exposed to the sun for a good 10 to 20 minutes a day between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., then you do need to look at a vitamin D supplement. Okay, so that one would just depend on your location and your lifestyle, basically. It's one of those sorts of supplements. I'm really sorry. I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh. I don't know if you can hear me. No, I think – no, I can hear you, but I think you're delayed because I've gone to jump in with a question and you've kept talking and I'm like, okay, I think there's like a time difference here. Can you hear me now? Or should we hang up and start again? Okay, guys, I'm just going to re- pause this recording and see what's going on technically. And there we go. Okay. Okay, guys, we're back. Sorry, Skype was having a bit of a hissy fit, but I think it's all good now. Hopefully, we've got a good line. Um, I just, uh, we were, there was just delay in our feedback. So if you heard of me and Ellie talking at the same time, I was trying to ask her a question. She kept going. She wasn't being rude. She just couldn't hear me. Um, so it's all good. And I just asked the question, I believe. Um, yeah, so with the vitamin D, is it more of a case by case supplement? Like if you, if you spend lots of time in the sun, it's not a huge issue, but if you don't and you live in a less sunny area, that's when you'd supplement. Is it like a very individualized thing there? It's not as generalized as the omegas and the B12? Yeah, it, it, I think uh, coming from Melbourne in the wintertime, it can, you can pretty generally say that people would need it, but um, I, otherwise it would be more individualized. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Okay, so we've got B12, we've got omegas, we've got vitamin D. Is there anything else? I know that protein often gets talked about, but I think you know, I think that's a funny one because you can easily get protein on vegetarian or vegan diets. Um, I, I don't yeah. think that's the biggest priority, really. Yeah, I think protein is one of those ones where people often come to me and they're like, okay, I'm going vegan, I'm going vegetarian, where am I going to get my protein from? Am I going to consume enough protein? Um, And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, if an individual is consuming enough total energy, you know, if they're consuming enough total food, then they're not really going to be falling short on protein at a macro level. Mm. You know, if you're aiming for, say, 20 or 20% protein in your diet, then um, it's not hard to fall short. But I think where people can fall short is when it comes down to the actual amino amino Mm. acid profile of their diet. Um, And that's where we get confused between protein and amino acids. So um, amino acids obviously being the the building blocks of proteins, There are 21 different amino acids. Um, Nine of them are what we call essential, though, because they have to be – we have to consume them in our diet. Um, Now, there's what we call complete sources of amino acids, which is predominantly – predominantly sort of meat-based proteins, Um, there are complete sources of amino acids or those essential amino acids that people on a plant-based diet can eat. Um, But because because plant-based foods are sort of less complete sources of amino acids, it it means that you have to be conscious of um, your your protein intake meal to meal. You You can't get lazy. You know, you have to make sure that you're eating a good dose of protein you know, two out of every three meals in the day, for example. That's sort of the rough guide that I give. Um, And that's just to make sure that you're getting the complete range of amino acids in the the day. 
Yeah, and so just it's as simple as maybe not relying on just the one source of protein going, oh, I'm eating almonds. That's so I'm getting protein. It's like, well, you probably need to have some other nuts and seeds as well. So you're getting all the the, the broader spectrum of your amino acids. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because they used to say, didn't they, that you had to protein combine in the same meal. So you have to had to have rice and beans or, um, you know, two, like two different types of nuts and seeds. And But now this sort of, it's yeah. sort of like as long as you've had a range throughout the day, it doesn't necessarily matter on the timing. Is that correct? Yep, yeah, spot on. You just beautiful. need to have a range throughout the day. Um, and it's... It, it's another reason for why I say that you can't, you know, you can't become vegan or vegetarian and then become really complacent about what mm. you eat, or become really, or become one of those people that relies on a few certain um, foods or a few certain favourite meals, because you need to get that broad spectrum of amino acids in your diet, which means, yeah, you, you've just got to be eating lots of different foods. Yeah, which, yeah, which is what I, I found actually. Like, I tend to have. It's funny, I eat very similar things. I'm one of those people, like, I get into those ruts. Well, not, I, don't, I wouldn't say ruts, I enjoy them. But you know where you have your favorite rotation of things and you do that for a while and then you're like, okay, moving on now. I do that, but I find that each day I'm eating, like, 40, 50 different foods each day. But I might be eating, like, 70, 80 different foods each week. So I'm sort of like, I feel like I'm probably getting everything I need, even though I'm having similar meals because what I am eating within those meals is very diverse. Is very different, yeah. Yeah. I've never actually, I've never actually quantified the number of different foods I have um, in a week or a day, but I might, I might start doing that. I read an um, article once about. I like that you could reel that off. Thank you. Well, I just, I remember reading something a few years ago about um, they compared, I think, like a traditional Asian diet to a standard Western diet, and they talked about how you know they might eat up to you know fifty, sixty different foods in a day, whereas we would only be eating like ten because you know you think about cereal is the same food as bread is the same food as pasta milk is the same as cheese is the same as yogurt is the same as you know cream sort of thing so you can't keep counting the same foods and then you're like oh my gosh I'm actually not eating that much so it's, yeah. yeah it's actually a little fun you know you don't want to get obsessive about it but just to do it every now and then and go oh okay yeah exactly how many mm, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I think my list would be pretty long um, yeah Especially like with little powders that have like a whole lot of different things in them. You're like, oh, I've just counted 14 and that's just my herb amount. So. <laughs> true, true. Truth, yeah. um, uh, I, I think, I think my, uh, my shopping bill is enough to suggest that I'm getting enough, enough diversity <laughs> that I eat each week. Um, yes. Seems to be the, the biggest outgoing for me at the moment. Yeah. Um, but did you want me to talk on a few key things that people can be including in their diet if they are looking at um, being vegan or vegetarian I to would, make sure that they are getting that amino acid profile right? I would love that. And I'd love to. I just realised, I mean, I'm sure most people know, but I, I guess we should probably just clarify the difference between vegetarian and vegan and maybe even just talk about the different types of vegetarians just in case this is like a 101 episode for someone and they – really don't know the difference between all the different um, labels? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got um, vegetarians, which, you know, are people that would usually be eating um, fish, eggs, dairy, um, and then you've got people on a whole food plant-based diet who would be eating only and only plant-based foods, so omitting the dairy 
um, eggs and fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess there's a little bit of difference between vegans and people on a whole food plant-based diet because, you know, vegans are removing or most vegans would not be buying leather products, leather bags, leather shoes, yeah, so that sort of thing. There's the dietary vegans and then the, like, full-on lifestyle vegans. Lifestyle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then you've got your then you've got your variations with the within the vegetarian within the vegetarian space. Um, yeah. You know those that will eat chicken but not red meat. Um, those yeah. will eat eggs but not dairy. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like the lacto polo or the polo ovo or like all of yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. there's so many titles. So yeah. many titles. I just put them in the vegetarian bucket. And absolutely. Everyone- Guys, there's um there's an article on my blog. Um, I think the smarts about plants. If you are interested, guys, and I think I've listed each. I've actually gone into detail and put all the specifications down. If you if you're really that interested, um, otherwise, yeah, please, yeah. So take it away. What about um vegetarian and vegan sources to make sure they're getting the amino acid profile? That'd be great if you could do that. Yeah. So. Um... Look, top of the list um, is is tempeh and tofu, mm-hmm. and I put those together. Um, tempeh being fermented soybeans, um, and tofu being, you know, a more a more processed form of soy. Yeah. Um, I I think they're fantastic because obviously they're high in protein, um, complete source of amino acids. It's about twenty grams of protein for every hundred grams of tempeh or tofu slightly more in tempeh mm-hmm. so like i said they are a great source of protein yeah. um they can they can really easily be substituted into meals mm. so you know you can have a piece of tempeh or you can make stir fry tempeh you can you yeah. know you can make a lot out of these no foods. you can have beautiful burgers or um you can do like a scramble in the morning instead of eggs you can use the silken tofu Yes, yeah. Yeah, oh, there's beautiful. so many things. Yeah. Tof- tofu balls, um, mm. which are or tofu based balls, which are really nice. Um, and often you can use these foods and feed them to somebody who's not vegan or vegetarian, and they won't even know that. Yeah, I find you know, they won't really even know what they're eating. I find the trick is is just to make sure there's lots of flavour in there. I think that's like I've had tofu when I've gone out to like vegetarian vegan sort of places and gone oh my gosh this tastes so good or I bought like burgers at the health food store but then I've gone somewhere where it was like literally plain tofu and it was gross so I think it was just yeah and um would you say just to be careful of the quality like make sure it's non-gmo so you're not getting genetically modified soy so going organic where possible would you yeah definitely I would say non-gmo organic every time um that you're eating tempeh tofu for sure. Good one. I just um, wanted to put that in because I think there's soy and soy. Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, I noticed that I've put tempeh and tofu and I, like, in, you know, my top list of foods is not soy milk. Um, no. <laughs> so, you know, there's a difference. Um, the other thing I would say, which I know is not very cool or sexy, but um, lots of green leafy vegetables, um, dark green leafy vegetables, they're really important, you know, excellent source of phytonutrients, antioxidants, Um, they're prebiotic foods, so they help to feed the good bacteria in our gut, Mm. Um, and yes, you know, believe it or not, they do contain protein, so um, um, 
broccoli and green leafy vegetables up there. They're not a complete source of protein, so they don't contain all the essential amino acids, but in terms of being something that you should absolutely have in your diet, you know, they should be towards the top of your list. Beautiful. Um, hemp seeds. Yes, and they're legal um, now. They're legal since April. Since April, okay. Sorry, um, I got really excited when I learned that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not breaking the law anymore. It's so good. <laughs> Well, the last packet I bought did not look like a legal packet, but maybe that was an old cycle because I don't know if you noticed um, or other people out there listening have noticed, but they did package the packets or they did cover up the labelling on the packets. So um, the last packet I bought said that it was hemp seed, um, I think body scrub. Yes, that's what they did at the Source Bulk Foods. And it's funny because I went there a few months ago and they still had for, um, they're like written on the bin um, for cosmetic for cosmetic purposes, wink, wink. And I was like, I bought some going, yeah, okay, wink, wink. And then I read in a magazine somewhere that they've been legal since April. I'm like, oh, you mean I'm not being like a rebel and cool? Like I'm actually just like being a legal citizen? Like, oh, oh, well. But at least now I can recommend them to people without, you know, it being like the whole raw milk thing. So that's like, that's kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> Vegans gone wild no longer. I know. We're just like everyone else now. Shame. So straighty 180. <laughs> Eating their legal hemp seeds. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Anyway, but, talk about how good they are instead of. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, a, a source of all of the essential amino acids, um, a great source of omega threes, um, a really great source of protein overall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can pretty much get a third of your protein needs in a day from just having a serve a serve of it. Um, so it's really easy to build into your morning smoothie or to have on a snack on its own. Um, or if you want to go that extra mile, you can, you know, make your own hemp milk out of hemp seeds. Absolutely. I um, put it into nut butters with um, just like, you know, macadamias or cashews, and it's really nice. And then it's just boosting the protein content. Ooh, okay. I've got to try that. I haven't tried that. Um, mm, yes. But, but yes, yeah, certainly you could put it into, like, if you if you make bliss balls, that sort mm. of thing, you can put it in there. Um, even if you bake and you make slices, you could pop it in there. Yeah, it's just awesome. And they're so cute that you can just garnish them on anything, really. It's like, yeah, beautiful little foods. I think I'm preaching to the converted here when it comes to hemp seed then. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Um, And then lentils, um, uh, people often put lentils and um, and beans hand in hand, and and I tend to say prioritise lentils where possible just because they, um, on average, they are – uh, richer in iron, um, a greater source of B vitamins and folate as well. Mm. Um, so lentils are good to include in the diet. Nuts are obviously good. You've, you've talked about nuts, but, um, you know, actual nuts, you know, Brazil nuts, walnuts, almonds, macadamias, um, and then nut butters are also really wonderful and versatile, um, mm. great sources of protein and omega-3 fatty acids. Um, seeds are really key to having the diet, but I like to highlight pumpkin seeds as one to prioritise in the diet. Um, that pumpkin zinc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the zinc, um, a really potent source of zinc. Also iron, um, but the zinc yeah. and um, zinc is something that we do risk falling short of, um, predominantly on a vegan diet, but. 
vegetarian as well. Um, so, you know, ideally you want to be consuming it rather than having to rely on a supplement. So pumpkin seeds are a great way to go. Awesome. Good one. And then the final thing that I will say is seaweed products. Mm. Um, seaweed products, they're a good source of magnesium and calcium and iodine and, um, and vitamins, and um, they're relatively easy to build into the diet um, mm. if you're willing to, you know, experiment. You know, you yeah. can put um, chopped up nori sheets into salads if you want or you can make vegetarian um sushi rolls with cauliflower rice um there's lots of different things there's kelp noodles lots of mm. different things that you can do with seaweeds but they're good to build into Absolutely. the diet as well even buying um you know the, the herbamere salt that's got kelp in it um as one of the ingredients so you, you can just swap out whatever salt you normally use for that and you're going to be getting not heaps but still you know trace amounts a little bit in there yeah, yeah exactly yeah um of course, there are so many other wonderful foods to be eating. You know, we haven't necessarily talked about probiotic foods um, or avocado. I, I love avocado. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, lots of wonderful foods to be eating, but I think I've rounded out sort of the top in terms of covering the need for um, all of those essential amino acids mm-hmm. um, as well as nutrients and protein. Beautiful. Would it be okay if I added just one um, that you didn't mention just for my listeners' benefit, not because your list wasn't good enough, but just while we're, <laughs> while we're on that topic? Um, yes. Thank you. Um, inca inchi seeds, are, not many people have heard of them, but, and they're not from Australia. You have to order them online. I get mine from changinghabits.com. Um, they're actually a complete source of protein, so they have all the amino acids all, all, all of the essential amino acids in them, and they're also really um, high in omega-3 fatty acids as well. So I so suppose they're sort of similar to hemp, I suppose. They're just different, and they taste like peanuts, um, so you can just blend them into a butter, and, you know, it's like having peanut butter, so it's quite easy to incorporate into your diet. Which seeds did you say? Sorry, it just um, sort of buzzed out. No, that's okay. Um, Inca Inchi, so I-N-C-A-I-N-C-H-I, Inca Inchi. Mm. Mm, maybe give that one a Google. Yeah. 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 I haven't got them before. Mm. Nice. Thank nice. you for educating. No, that's okay. And it wasn't, sorry, I wasn't trying to step on your toes. I know you're the expert on this particular no, no. call, but I'm just like, oh, no. I, I'm really obsessed with them. I want to tell people about them. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm trying to think that was really good, that list. Um, did you have something you were going to go on to or do you want me to ask another question? Uh, no, go for it. Ask another question. Okay. Um, do you reckon maybe, like, is it, are some people just better suited to being vegetarians or vegans than others? And um, are there certain signs that it's probably a good thing for your, you to be doing or something um, that might, might be contraindicated, like, from clinical experience? Do you find some people it's just like they're going to thrive on it and other people it's like, mm, I don't know, I think you're going to at least need to keep some fish in your diet. Like, is there a little yeah. bit of warning signs? A good question. Um, I don't think you can necessarily put people into a box straight away, um, but I think definitely speaking with somebody or learning a little bit about perhaps any pre-existing health conditions, mm-hmm. you can then figure out whether or not it's an appropriate time for them to be going on a vegan or vegetarian protocol. And I'd probably say vegan more so is what we've got to be more conscious yeah, of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, first of all, you've got to understand about that person. You've got to understand what the willingness levels are like in terms of um, making this more of a lifestyle and including all of those right foods in the diet and, you know, learning to prepare food. So that's that's one thing. Um, understanding what someone's gut health is like as yes. well. So if somebody's got gut issues, whether it be parasites, just general or severe dysbiosis, um, then they're obviously, obviously then their vitamin and mineral absorption is already sort of being compromised. Um, And then, you know, if you were to put on top of that a vegan diet where you've got to be absolutely making the most out of what you eat, then that person is going to be at risk of deficiency for sure. Mm. Um, Similarly, people with sort of Crohn's disease or celiac disease where um, absorption could be compromised, they're they're in the same bucket. Yeah. So Um, would you say like it's sort of one of those things if you're a healthy, thriving person, it's probably okay, but if you've got, you you know, you probably want any pre-existing conditions, you'd want to make sure you were healed from them beforehand yes definitely yeah. um definitely and and that's where the blood testing becomes a really important um right from the get-go just to understand whether it is right for you or not mm. um yeah yeah and I guess too just I suppose a lot of the t- like I remember wanting so badly to be a vegetarian or vegan but my body was just not in a position to handle it and I had to just to get into that headset of accepting that I will, okay, I'll have the highest quality, most ethical, you know, as ethical as animal products can be sources until I'm better. Um, and you know, I I was okay with that. I was like, I'm doing the best I can and I need this. Like I'm not going to be doing anyone any favors by going vegetarian or vegan at the moment. And that took a while to get comfortable with. I remember my mum was basically the one that said that. And I was like, you know, oh, mate, like, no, I need to do this now. It's not okay. And, um, but yeah, I eventually became okay with it and then got to a point where I wasn't actually an interest for me anymore. And then I just sort of fell into it with the way my health panned out. Um, but I'm, I don't think I would be able to thrive as a vegan now had I not done that gut healing, had the broths, had the connective tissue, had the eggs, um, had the fish, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. 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 Look, I think, um, I, I think you do need to be willing to, um, yeah, to to make changes to your diet based on your own health situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and similar to you, um, I I actually found out um, that I had parasites after being on a vegan protocol for quite a while. I found out that I had parasites um, and that. I wasn't able to absorb things like iron effectively or it was affecting that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to change up my diet in order to improve my my own health. And like you, that was was quite a difficult choice for me to make, but um, I knew that I I had to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I personally don't respond very well to iron supplements, so I didn't want to go on those. And so for me, I had to be willing to make some changes to my diet. Mm which I know in the vegan world can be seen as very faux pas because, uh, you know, you should be flying the flag, but I think ultimately you do have to listen to your body and um, mm. and take care of your health. Yeah, and you're not going to be a very good spokesperson for a vegan diet if you're run down and sick all the time. <laughs> so, you know. Yes. Yeah. I suppose you can... Exactly. 
Yeah, and exactly. Absolutely. And I think, you know, knowing that, like you said, once you are healed, that it might be a possibility for you, um, provided that you're able to maintain your nutrient levels, you know, those blood tests keep coming back, showing that you're well within, you know, the healthy range. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm really passionate about working with vegan and vegetarians, and that's because I can un- I understand the premise behind behind it. I understand that you know people make this make these decisions more often than not. They make them from you know coming from the right place, mm. and I want to be able to help people to do it as for as long and, and as healthfully as possible. Yeah, that's beautiful, and I think that that's that's just really great that you do that because I think that. Um, a lot of practitioners, and this, not to name names or anything, but I think some have their own dietary biases and they either think, yep, it's a good idea or no, and they try and counsel people out of it or they impose judgments or and they don't get into, they don't step into that person's shoes. So I love that you're like, no, I understand it and I, I work with that and I use my own experience. I think that's really awesome. So I'd recommend to anyone if they're wanting to help with this to see someone like you um, or to yeah, someone like either you, do you do Skype consults? I do do Skype consults and pe- people have to be open to it because I had clients come to me because they haven't got practitioners who are willing to work with them and, and then they don't get any help at all. So mm. I, I prefer to see someone and and make sure they, they do something to improve their situation rather than just for that person to not see anybody at all because they haven't found a practitioner that's willing to work with them. Absolutely beautiful. So yeah, keep if you haven't found a right practitioner for you, keep looking because there are people out there that will be willing to work with you, but you don't want to work with someone who's who's just like not on par with you. You know, I think that there has to be that team approach. You, you know, the practitioner they might have a lot of knowledge, but they're not in charge. You're in charge. Um, so yeah, beautiful. Um, is there anything else that you reckon we haven't covered that we probably should? Any any little tidbits or? Um, I think you, you sort of, you know, talking before about, um, you know, having to sort of, you know, you were vegan for a while, then you had to sort of cycle out of it and now you're cycling back into it. Um, and you know, I ask myself this question a lot, like what is, what is the right balance from an ethical standpoint and from a sustainability perspective, Mm. what is the right balance? Should we phase in and out of vegan protocols, um, what is the answer to um, to ensuring food sustainability? That's the main thing that I've thought about um, mm. in the last couple of years. Um, and I think there's one stat that there's one stat that always stays in my mind, and that is that 90% of the US's calorie intake. Um, I don't have the stat for Australia, but I assume it'd be relatively similar. Yeah. Um, 90% of the US's calorie intake is derived from processed foods or animal foods. And for me, from a health standpoint um, and perhaps from a food sustainability standpoint, I think if we could turn that on its head, um, mm-hmm. then we might be going in the right direction when it comes to um, uh food sustainability but also the health of our food supply Mm -hmm. so right now the quality of the meat products that we purchase are compromised because of the need to employ factory farming techniques 
Because um, the demand's just so high, is that? Exactly, yeah. exactly, because the demand is so high. So then people think, oh, well, then the solution is for us to all eat organic grass-fed meat. And that's not the solution because if everybody would continue to eat meat and dairy products at the same rate that we do, but it just all be organic and grass-fed, then we'd, we'd still have no rainforest left. Mm. So um, I actually think uh, the answer to food sustainability and creating um, creating healthy sort of um, animal protein products is just shifting the reliance um, from animal foods to, to plant-based foods and the individual based on their health profile can make the decision as to how big that shift is. Mm. Um, you know, do they go from 90% animal protein to 90% plant-based protein, what works for them? Um, mm. That's that for me. I just wanted to round that out a little bit because um, – because that, that question of whether you cycle in veganism or not um, was something that I wanted to talk about, and I think the answer is just to, to think about how much reliance we place on animal foods and processed foods, and can we can we change that figure from 90% around? Yeah, I think that's, that's bloody awesome because I think there will always be those of us that don't want to have any animal products, but I think if everyone that did still want to include it in their diets just had less and bulked out with the plant foods, like you're right, that'd just be so sustainable and yeah, it just, oh, I love, no, I just, I love that. I'm so happy with that. Well done. (laughs) Best perspective, I think. And that, you know, that's not threatening. I don't think it's not then going, you have to do all or nothing or it's a sin to eat an egg or it's a sin to eat a piece of fish. It's like wrong and it's never okay. It's just sort of like, but, you know, what quantity are you having it with? What size is it compared to the veggies on your plate? And sometimes yeah. that's as far as you need to go. And if you are one of those people that, uh, you know, you're not well and you need to do that, that's a great way to do it. Just because you're not well doesn't mean you have to, like you said, to be having the 90% animal products to get you nutrition. Um, it can still very much be that 90-10 or 80-20 rule yeah. in terms of ratios. It's just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think it's also really un- unrealistic um, for us to get everybody to, to be to be vegan. I do as well. Um, I don't. So, oh, sorry. You go. You go. No, no. No, I was, I'm just sort of saying. So that's why I think there has to be another way of looking at it um, mm. because uh, it, it, we're not going to get everybody to be vegan and even getting people to eat 90% of their diet plant-based would be an incredible an incredible thing to work towards. It would but be far more achievable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that would maybe could be just say a point if you are going to be vegetarian or vegan, don't be preachy about it. Um, just accept that. I hate saying don't. It's like I'm controlling someone, but do you know what I mean? Like just because everyone has their own reasons for doing things and being preachy is not inspiring. You know, just do your own thing, eat your delicious plant-based meals, get creative with recipes, and people will honestly be look at what you're eating and going, oh, that looks really good. What is that? And you can tell them, don't, not in a, oh, this is vegan and you should eat, totally eat it, but just, you know, tell them and they'll learn by that example. And I'm saying that as someone who even not from a vegetarian or vegan standpoint necessarily, but just from a, you know, whatever I've been doing at the time. I, I When I was younger, I used to be preachy and it came from a very like a loving place I just wanted other people to be healthy and enjoy food as much as I did but I was not I didn't go about it in the right way and I 
you know, mm. rubbed people up the wrong way and they became even more resistant to change yeah. than they were before. Yeah. So I just, you know, just do your own thing and other people will follow. And if they don't, that's just, it's not your concern. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Ellie, for coming on today. It's been a good chat and I think we've covered a lot of really good points and given people a good amount to think about. And, um, yeah, I love that you kept coming back to, you know, what reasons are you doing it for and getting straight on those before just jumping onto something because it's, you know, trending on Instagram or Pinterest or something like that. Yeah, good. I'm glad I'm glad you think that and I hope people are listening who have been thinking about whether or not to eat um, animal products anymore or wondering whether they should still be a vegan. I hope it's given them some, some, yeah, some good things to think about. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, well, thank you. I'll, um, I'll hit the recording off now and I'll do the um, ending myself so that you can um, run, brush off. So, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. No um, worries. I assume you're not recording anymore. Okay, guys, it's just me now. I just wanted to let Ellie go because she had somewhere she had to be and I thought, well, she doesn't need to stick around while I tell you about the Facebook page and whatnot. Um, yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed this podcast that no matter what side of the fence you're on, that it's just given you, you know, some things to think about. Like if you're thinking, do I need to go vegetarian or vegan, remembering just to get your why sorted out. Why are you doing it? If it's for a really good reason with a lot of heart, you're doing it for your health, for your health because you just feel better when you eat that way. You're doing it because you're, you just, even if, you know, you do thrive on animal products, they don't sit well in your tummy because you can't get past the fact that you're eating a dead animal or um, anything like that, or you're doing it from a, for a sustainability point of view, fantastic. If you're doing it for a more aesthetic, you know, you want to be trendy, you want to be like your friends, maybe just going back to the drawing board and really sitting with those feelings and going, is that the best reason to make a dramatic change to my diet? And if it, if, and if it's still something you want to do going, you know, listen to this podcast a few times, make some notes and make sure that you're going to be, you know, getting your blood tests, keeping an eye on that, having the wide variety of foods that you need to make up for those nutrients. Um, obviously you need to be more on point if you're vegan, not having any animal products. If you're a vegetarian, you know, um, but you're still happy to have, you know, some good quality fermented dairy. So, you know, some organic full fat, natural yogurt, um, and eggs. Um, if you're okay eating a bit of fish, being a pescatarian, you're virtually not, you know, as long as you're eating lots of green veggies, you're probably not going to run into any nutritional deficiencies. It is more so the vegan, um, diets where there tends to be just, you can certainly do it well, but you just need to be more conscientious. So I hope that, yeah, it's given you time to think about your why, um, to get clear on what you need to do, that it's not as simple as, oh, I've just taken these foods out. It's like you need to, you really need to um, change, like Ellie said, and I loved that point, changing your lifestyle and, um, you know, getting used to the fact that you're not going to necessarily be able to eat out at any anywhere you go you might need to think in advance you might need to pack things you're going to have to do a lot more um, cooking and grocery shopping because you're going to have to do a lot more prepping of your own food um, all of that you know that point that we talked about at the start you know about not relying on those um, vegan replacement foods um, you know like the the tofu sausages that are really processed or the soy cheeses and stuff um you know if you really are hankering for a lasagna or a a burger or you know something like that there are so many fantastic recipes online you can buy recipe books you can buy ebooks that have you know burgers made from lentils and sweet potato or chickpeas or something um you can totally do that you know same with um you know cakes you can easily make cakes and 
breads and biscuits and that sort of stuff from whole food ingredients just without the animal products. So go for those options. Make things from scratch rather than relying on packet foods. Um, And if you are going to get packet foods, remember the basic rule that we always talk about and come back to is just reading the ingredient list and going, is this made from whole whole foods? Do I understand what is in this? Um, Can I understand sort of how it got to being like this? So as an example, um, a vegan food that I eat that would technically be considered processed, um, but it's really healthy still, is black bean noodles. So it's literally made from dried dried black beans that have been sort of made into a flour and then made into a pasta. And it's 100% black bean flour. There is nothing else in it. I'm okay eating that because it's one single ingredient and it makes sense to me how it was made. So that's your rule of thumb there. Um, other than that, I'm sure you can make your own summaries if you go back and take notes and yeah, get all the take-homes. Um, so we're very grateful that Ellie gave up her time to speak with us today. If you um, haven't already, please subscribe to this show on iTunes um, so that it automatically downloads for you. That way it'll automatically download for you each fortnight when it comes out so you don't even have to think about it. You'll just get a little reminder on your device going you have a new episode available. Um, if you haven't already, please head on over to Facebook and or just use your Facebook app. I think that's what most people use these days on their phone um, and search for Real Soup for the Real Soul or, of course, you can just go on the internet and it's all w's.facebook.com forward slash Real Soup for the Real Soul. Uh, that's the Facebook page for both my blog and for this podcast. Um, you know, I'm regularly posting content, not always my content. I love sharing um, the content of other bloggers, so other people's recipes, other people's posts, if I think they're really good sources of information. Um, because I'm, I'm like sharing is caring. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the information. So let's, you know, um, outsource and, get, you know, sh- in, in the process, let you know of other people um, that are spreading a very similar message that you might want to check out as well um and i do i've been doing lots of videos lately very similar to podcasts except shorter so i'm just picking a topic running with it for several minutes and i'm just finding that that's um it's fun it's engaging you're learning a bit you feel like you're feeling i feel like i get to um you get to know me a bit better than um than that i think it's nice to be able to get to know the people you're following because you know we might never meet in person but at least you feel like you know me you feel like we're friends that's what i'd go for with both my Facebook page and this podcast and the blog. Just want it to be one big happy family. Um, what else? I, yeah, if you particularly liked this episode, please leave a comment. Um, I mean, obviously comment about any podcast, any blog, anything like any any feedback you want to give me, you can always comment, um, you know, post something on the Facebook page, send me a private message. But in particular, this episode, because it was actually Ellie's first ever podcast, she's never been on a podcast before. So if you loved her and you thought, yeah, she spoke well, just, you know, give a little comment like, good job, Ellie, well done. Um, and, you know, I'll tag her and, you know, then she can, it'll just make her feel good. So if you liked it, just, you know, reach out, let her know. Um, yeah, I will sh- shush now and let you get on with your day. Thank you so much for listening. I really value you. Um, and the, yeah, like I say at the start, I really appreciate you trusting me with your time and your ears and giving up your time. Um, well, not giving up, but for using your time to listen to this podcast and educate yourself. I, I do this for you and the fact that you listen is very humbling. So thank you. Alrighty. I'll catch you next fortnight with another great episode. Bye lovely ones. Take care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.